1: mrs b's clearance and outlet is all new combining legendary value with a fresh
2: attitude shop one-of-a-kind finds in today's must-have trends explore wall-to-wall deals furniture flooring mattresses home accents grills patio sets and more discover great new home decor pillows greenery and more there's something
1: perfect for your style and budget there's new inventory every day at up to eighty percent off suggested retail discover the style and savings of the new mrs b's clearance and outlet
2: this was a Castaway Media production. Find more great podcasts on our network. Visit castaway.media. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Padderone. And this week we're uh, talking to PJ Gallagher. But before PJ Gallagher, I have my friend here, Kieran Dunleavy here. How are you, Kieran? Hey, are doing, Joe? How are you? And we're sitting here enjoying uh, a couple of bottles of Jack Cody
0: beer. You're going to listen to that there. That is it. Beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. I have a bottle of uh, Amber Ale. And I have a bottle of uh, Hibernicus. It's a dry hopped IPA. It's brilliant. Like Jack Mm Cody, is the brewery based in Drogheda.
2: And um, it's delicious stuff. Real hoppy kind of uh, taste of this one anyway. And um, it's kind of no bubbles. You know what I mean? It's a natural kind of beer.
0: One's a kind of a wintery one, I think. Yeah? Hmm. It's kinda of, it's quite full, it's 5.2. Yeah. 4.8 point, four point
2: here. It's got malted barley, hops, yeast, bine water mm-hmm. from the bine and a pinch of crack. <laughs> <laughs> now if you're listening outside Ireland it's crack <coughs> spelled C R A I C which is uh, Fun. Fun, not uh, not drugs. So, uh, and uh, uh, Kieran, you're uh, you're running a festival out in Air this July, July, 15th to 17th July. It is indeed, Maggie Island Festival. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit more about
0: that. Well, it's the first year running it on the original island. Uh, you see, it start of Father Ted, mm-hmm. the one with the shipwreck, and. Oh well, kicks off Friday evening when you get out on the boat. There's two boats, one from Doole and one from Rossaville, or you can get Air Aaron, which is a plane flight 30 minutes from Galway. Yeah, so it's the original island, the craggy island, mm. that was, you see at the beginning yeah, of Father Town. Yeah, zooming in, and then yeah. when they're zooming in the island, you see more of the island, and it zooms in the house, which is actually in Clare.
2: Oh, yeah, the actual mm. house in Clare, But the yeah. shipwreck that oh, you yeah. see is on uh, is on Innishere, yeah. where this festival is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's called the Plassey. Oh that's called a plasy.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, cool, cool. She's on Facebook as well. Alright, yeah. Oh Pl the the, the the ship. The actually has a Facebook page. Yeah. I'm yeah. friends with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, so the festival's run from the Friday to the Sunday and uh, there's well obviously there's all the father Ted crack, which is there there'll be myself.
0: Mm-hmm who was, you know, Father Damo, obviously. Uh, Michael Redmond, who's Father Stone. stone. Mm-hmm. and Owen McClough, uh, who's Patrick McDonnell, who was Owen Mclove and Father Townsville. Yeah. yeah. So we've three original characters coming out. Uh, Friday night, I think your ticket entitles you to one of uh, three stand-up gigs, because we can only sit 100 in the Arts Centre or a seine. Yeah. So Friday night is Owen McGlove and Father Stone. And Saturday night you're going to do a double show with... Um, Father and yourself. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So everyone gets into one night, a live stand up. And then there's different things on each night in the three bars. And then after that, each event will lead everybody down to the Franzini brothers, have a circus tent coming out, which can easily have three 300 plus standing mm-hmm. for live gigs and uh, DJs. <laughs> Which will run on quite late. And uh, Father Stone is doing some go- uh, fun, uh, crazy golf. Mm. Is, is it the first?
2: 20 people who get tickets or 30 or 40?
0: 30 or 40. 30, 40. A, yeah Yeah, we'll have to cap it. It's, ticket sales only started a couple of weeks ago but they're already starting to sell. Yeah. So the first batch of... And it's of, on... Hmm? Sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead. What's the website? www.craggyisland.festival.com. Festival.com Do, yeah, Festival.com Craggyislandfestival.com And so the first 30 or... 30 or 40 will yeah. get to play crazy golf with Father Stone. Mm. So I think that's going to be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to that and he said himself, it's a dream come true, because he always wanted his own golf got to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good crack. <laughs> so, there's a load of Father Ted, like, stuff, but there's obviously lovely, lovely girls. Uh, That'll be Saturday night. Saturday mm-hmm. night. Golden
2: mm-hmm. Cleric, is that correct? Is there a priest? Yeah, we'll have, a, yeah.
0: hopefully, a Golden Cleric award, uh, mm. which will run into probably Sunday for people who are best dressed and best crack over the weekend. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have a couple of uh, people... Uh, getting spot prizes and all sorts of things, so that'll be good fun Sunday. There's a treasure hunt for um, Saturday morning, yeah. Saturday morning, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the whistle will have gone missing, so we can't start sports days. We have to go round to John and Mary's shop mm-hmm. to find out uh, to get our treasure map, and it's kind of family friendly as well because it'll be earlier. I think Saturday morning. So we'll eventually find where the whistle is and then we get the, the fun and games going on the beach. We'll have Funland, the team park, and then we'll have the likes of a Sack Race, Egg and Spooning Race. Spooning, as in you'll getting, be spooned. Getting spooned. While running with an egg. While being the spoonie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, binocular soccer sounds good to me. Yeah, that's going to be one of the highlights, yeah. The ball will be either very near or very far away. You'll have binoculars attached to your yeah. eyes so, you, your can't eyes, so yeah, yeah. you can't tell where the ball is yeah. really. So it's to, it's to recreate that over 75 soccer match. So that was uh, John Kusky, the DJ who was playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He'd be on each night after the band. See, so come up with that idea.
2: Yeah, right. Oh, yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's come out yeah. with some really good ideas yeah. to throw towards the festival. Everyone has so yeah. far. Like it's a lot of people involved, really. Yeah, not and the whole because like,
2: so. you brought me out to the island, and the whole uh, the, the the people on the island, the guys who run the pubs and all are all behind this. So it's, yeah. it's going
0: to be. Good bit of crack. Yeah, everyone on the island is just really looking forward to it and really looking forward to getting people out. And among all the crack and that, it's an absolutely stunning place anyway. so
2: Yeah, and the music is going to be good too. Because like, you've got your Father Ted thing,
0: but you've got some great bands playing... Yeah, there's local there's local musicians on the island, they'll be on first each night. Uh, but Friday night we'll have Grand, they're a band from kinda of New Orleans, Django Ryan, hard type, uh, With really brass? Yeah, brass, mm. double bass, all that kinda really they're gonna really get the place going. And then uh, headline on Friday night we've got Road Angel, they're a band from Dublin and Sligo, and they're gonna do the likes of your A C D C and they're gonna really do classic rock songs and really get the tent jumping, you know, so looking forward to that. Saturday night, it's uh, your son's band. Oh, yeah, my son's mm. band are playing, yeah. yeah Rogue Generator. Right? yeah. yeah um, um. Then your band.
2: And then the band I'm in called The Afters. We're doing, like, kind of 90s stuff, like Depeche Mode, The Cure, Gary Newman, Human League, ska stuff, specials, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Obviously, we'll have to do it. We will do Ghost Town. Yeah. And,
0: <laughs> uh, and uh... National Anthem. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's, and, uh, it's Sunday night, it. then? Yeah. Yeah, Robbed and Lynched. Uh, they're another band from Drahada. They do uh, kind of Dubliners type pogues. It's all uh, banjos and bits and pieces, fiddles and all that kind of thing, so that's going to be really good. And then our headline act, which I absolutely love their name, is The Cardinal Sins. A mm. uh, band from Tullamore. They're just back from Denmark and Germany and they're going to do real trad rock, like shipping up to Boston and the pogues, all that kind of stuff. Right. So they're going to take the roof off I the tent I night. can't yeah. wait for it, I can't wait for it, actually. It's going to be fucking great crack. Mm-hmm.
2: God, I'm liking this beer, though. Mm. The uh, nice Sunday evening, kind of.
0: Yeah, it's taking the edge off the weekend, all right. <laughs> oh, it's delish. Yeah. Definitely very good now. Um
2: so uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that, and that'll be uh, great. Crack and Jack Cody's, thank you, are, are um, going to be uh, sponsoring my. Uh, well, I've got a, wee, a monthly um, uh, comedy night in Droida, sorry. <laughs> a bit distracted here. In Odd Molly's, and uh, the first 10 people will get a free Jack Cody. And also, the live podcast will be uh, the first 40 people will get a free bottle of Jack Cody's beer. And uh, so, anyway, listen to PJ Gallagher. See you on the other side. Thanks, Kieran. No problem. Cheers. <laughs> Producing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so just talking to this Oh one yeah, of. that one, yeah. Hang on,
1: I'll just check because... Uh, headphones, yes, say, say hello there. Hello, hello. Yeah, you're there. Yeah, Hello, Joe. Hi, PJ, thanks for coming in. No worries, thanks a million for having us, I suppose. No. You know what I mean? It <laughs> yeah. would have been a day, I apologise again for the state of me. I genuinely do, I'm in an office state. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, oh, no, that's grand. No, yeah. I think you'll reveal more in this state.
1: <laughs> I probably will, yeah. Probably You're will. delicate. <laughs> yeah, I'm delicate. I, I can bully you. I'll probably get all cantankerous <laughs> now in a while yeah. and start saying shit I'll regret later and everything, yeah.
2: But yeah, and the, the tabloids will be all over it.
1: <laughs> that's what
2: happens, some of them. You know the uh, somebody says something and then tabloids... That's happened to me, actually. Anyway. It happened to you? Yeah, because I was on uh, An Irishman Abroad and I just talked about years ago when I was 25... Having panic attacks when the band broke up. I actually and read activity. that. And then, but in the paper it looks worse because it goes, Joe Rooney talks about his struggles with mental illness. Do you know what I mean? But that kind of yeah, looks Yeah, yeah. So
1: it's out of context straight
2: away. It's out of context because it was only a tiny bit. But then, mind you, I went on Tubberly and started crying.
1: Anyway, I did so <laughs> it. <did. laughs> I did it. I started crying. I'm just in a bad place. Oh, that's the see. horrible thing about radio though, as well, is that you went on there and you started crying and you know. That just uh, people behind the glass thing, and they're delighted. They're like, "Oh, this is I know, right, great, right."
2: Like it's just, I know day. it's terrible because <laughs> I think basically what happened is like a few relationship broke up, and I had to get out of the house, and uh, uh, and then it was very complicated. And uh, I was just in a bad place anyway. And then when the when the researcher was, re- this is all about me now. Sorry, PJ. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm enjoying this. When the researcher rang up. Uh, you know the way the researchers ring up and they ask you loads of questions they go why did you have panic attack and I go yeah. I? and at times I should have been going to see a counsellor but the researcher was becoming my counsellor <laughs> <laughs> so basically when I went into Turbidy I was still in that mode and basically I was, going in, I was really going into a counselling session I yeah, didn't yeah. realise I was on radio
1: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people listening uh, yeah
2: yeah <laughs> and everybody was really nice but I, some people go well done on Turbidy and then I think I didn't go on there like to do publicity. <laughs> do you know? You, <laughs> yeah. it, it almost feels like, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I did great, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. brilliant. The crying was brilliant, wasn't yeah, I? Yeah, very brave. Yeah, yeah. very brave. And then, <laughs> and, and then now I listen to nobody and I and there's people on who've had terrible things happen to them, and they're not crying. <laughs> <laughs> and I
1: went on crying, <laughs> and I just feel terrible. Uh, it wasn't fresh for them. They're, they're, they've probably done all the therapy before they got uh, to came. <laughs> no, I think it is
2: fresh for them. They're going to be crying in a couple of years. <laughs> it hasn't hit those people, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what was going to say? Oh, you have a? Do you have a podcast? Because you said you were.
1: Yeah, the yeah Dublin podcast. Uh, I don't. You know. I. I It's me and Suzanne Kane. The two of us do a podcast together. And I love doing it. I I love doing it. I love being able to finally Mm -hmm. have something where you don't have to watch what you do at all. Yeah, yeah. You you can say anything you want and just... Yeah. let it go and see where it goes I knew that I couldn't do one like you do that takes work like having guests and stuff I knew <laughs> that if I started that I'd do five or six I'd interview all my friends Yeah, yeah. and yeah, then yeah, I'd get yeah, to a stage yeah, where I go oh this is just not what I wanted it to be because I'm a lazy who are really underneath yeah. it all yeah. and
2: it's not that much well it, it's not that much work uh, the only thing is I don't get paid for it so it feels more <laughs> Yeah, we don't get paid either. But, <laughs> yeah. some, but
1: there is something nice about it, isn't there? Uh, there there's something is something yeah. lovely about just—I don't know what it is. Sometimes I go in. Sometimes I listen back and I can tell exactly the humour I was in you know yeah, sometimes yeah. it's just crankiness it's an hour of just ranting and raving and I'm like yeah. a cantankerous old shit yeah, that right, just needs yeah. to get the shit together and then I listen back to it and sometimes I'm in a good mood and I'll cheer myself up you know cause listening I'm, to your own podcast uh, yeah listening I was listen, yeah, 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 yeah. in a great form that uh, day yeah, 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 I sort yeah. of get that feeling comes back again but uh, I don't know That's what it is of. it's just it's the most enjoyable thing I think I've done because unlike yeah. stand-up you know there's no there's real no direct pressure. audience there's no yeah, pressure yeah, yeah unlike uh, on, on doing other radio work that I'm doing like there's nobody looking over your shoulder yeah uh, yeah I, I just, just something really refreshing uh, about it there's no it. ad break coming up to stop it yeah, Because you're, I mean? no
2: like, you're in on a roll sometimes just on the radio roll. and then, oh, yeah. sorry, we have to go
1: for a break. And there's no rules about having Lionel Richie on before the nine o'clock news. There's nothing, <laughs> <laughs> it's just you doing what you want to do. And because of that, I think when you get feedback from a podcast, it's mm. genuinely the most exciting feedback you get. Yeah. So people yeah. see on TV or hearing radio or whatever and it's like, oh, I love the show. It's, it's sort of, it's great, it's nice. It's great that yeah. people give it. But there's something about someone that's gone to the effort of finding your podcast, downloading it, Mm. And then approaching you and saying, oh, I really liked what you were saying. It's something that gives you a buzz again. It's kind of like the beginnings of stand-up. You know that feeling when yeah. you were doing rooms and it was like nobody in it? You yeah, know? yeah. And, and then somewhere, out of nowhere, you might be just like looking at a pair of shoes in the shop and someone go, I saw your gig the other night. And it gives you a real sort of a buzz, you
2: know? Oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, you were just uh, doing it for the crack. Yeah, because you do Exactly. And then uh, someone recognised you. Uh, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Jesus, so somebody's actually
2: listening. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I like it then, that, yeah, because, um, but uh, uh, um, I uh, found that there's people that I've known for years, probably like yourself, and I, I, I'm finding that stuff about them. It's really weird, actually. So it's very,
1: uh, I don't know, it's fine. Yeah, it's it? weird, though, as well. Mm. I say it's great for you because mm. how much do you actually know about people? You know, you meet people for years and years and years, you and don't, then. uh like. You, they could be doing They could be doing anything. They could. <laughs> up to happen. you wouldn't yeah. know really yeah. what people are doing even my mm-hmm. best mates sometimes one of my best mates it's like Chandler mm-hmm. from Friends I couldn't tell you what yeah. he does for a living and that's where he spends like 60% of his life
2: oh, that's a blokey thing isn't it you meet your f- blokey mates and then but you never
1: actually talk about You talking about the match or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah, but that's what's refreshing about <laughs> <know>. it that's <laughs> yeah. why when you're with someone and like how was Mick I don't know I don't but know but you're, you're waiting for the whole day yeah. Know, yeah, what yeah. did you just talk yeah. about yeah. I don't know yeah. nothing pretty much nothing like it's almost like a Are, or, or, or you were just
2: messing and making each other
1: laugh yeah just talking shit yeah. Yeah, just making each other laugh <laughs> 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 being yeah. morons yeah, just yeah. being a pair of morons enjoying uh, time together Yeah, I think I that's probably how lads it's mm. good for our health, I think, to do that. To actually not talk about shit.
2: I, I think so. That's the way we are. Like, I, I, I remember when my son Danny was a toddler. He was about right, nearly two and I brought him to... Uh, was actually made bring him to a parent-toddler group. I was made to do it because I knew it wasn't going to be parent-toddler. It was going to be mother-toddler. Oh, yeah. I was the only man there, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, all the women could talk about their kids for hours like and they go and and they ask me questions like so what age was your fellow when he started walking <laughs> I don't fucking know. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I know he's walking now, and well, at one point he wasn't walking.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> don't they know what age know he
2: is now. Everything <laughs> yeah. about their kids. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was. He was uh, eight months and two days. He started walking.
1: You know, they yeah, know because yeah, uh, anyway. it's practiced information. They've had this story. They've sold this a few times. It's in yeah. the head. Yeah, yeah. I know. You know, the, the day it happened they said it's someone that you, where you were like, oh Jesus, look at him. Yeah. When did he start doing that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Has he always been reading oh jesus that was it was terrible uh, yeah. it was a terrible uh, uh, experience and yeah, <laughs> i 'd go see cancerlor for that anyway um so, uh, did you grow up in Rohini, uh, PJ? No, 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 in Marino. Good, my research yeah. Is brilliant. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> uh, Marino, and then later oh, Clantarf. So, Rohini was kind of Shelbyville for us. It was there, that was the other side of the tracks altogether. How oh, was it? Yeah, okay. yeah, just yeah. something about it. it was like it's kind of like an Irish English thing. We didn't like anyone in Rohini, and they couldn't give a shit about us at all. Yeah,
2: they were just
1: like terrible friends to them or something. Well, uh, Rohini's posh, is it? Yeah, no, it's kind of a bit about bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. own sort of micro. Sort of country and rainy, really. Right, yeah. Uh, but Marino yeah. first. Uh, north side and so- south side of Rohini, even. Yeah, they yeah, there, there yeah. is the <laughs> yeah. Typical Dublin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, Marino, mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny being from Marino because uh, Clontarf people would sort of look at you and say, you're a, you're a knacker, but then everyone that's living right beside you says, you're posh. So, you really are stuck right in the middle. Like, you're Right, just yeah. It's a weird one. Like I remember so being. Clontarf s- is posh, right? Because Clontarf is, yeah, posh north side, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it's sort of, I suppose it goes down the scale then. Then it goes Merino and then you're kind yeah. of in town. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, but I love it there. I, I'm back there now and I just love it. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the place. It's Where just, is it exactly? You're Merino. It's, you know Fairview Park? It? Yeah. It's pretty much everything behind Fairview Park. Towards That's, town or away uh, from town. So if you're in the park and you're looking at, Look at, the, at the shops everything yeah. behind those shops that's all Marino oh there. back there yeah right yeah yeah, uh, yeah and I do yeah. love it there I love yeah. it there like and then uh, moved to Clantarf. oh sorry you dropping drop shit fell, yeah. uh, but then I moved to Clantarf and it was just the maddest existence ever because uh, yeah. me folks were mental for a start yeah. uh, drinkers and all of that crack yeah. and then uh, there were six mental patients lived in our house so my old man he lost his pub right um, yeah. which was in Marino and then they sort of, whatever money they had left, they bought this house in Clontarf and yeah. it was a mental home. So I grew up in an actual mental home. So there were six mental patients from the uh, Eastern Health Board, as it was at yeah. the time. And my mother was kind of the nurse that was supposed to look after them.
2: So, hi, you're so saying
1: your father just bought a mental home with the well, patients in a, it? He bought a normal house. Uh, yeah. and, and then it happened. And that then my were... mother had to go back to work because he had lost. Oh, pub. sorry, they weren't in the. House no, no, no. no. We didn't acquire them, but <laughs> they didn't come. As, you know, yeah. Like it, there's a three piece suite. It's a lovely
2: house, but wonder there's six fully, metal patients, yeah, f- in f- it Fully
1: fitted kitchen, <laughs> gas fired central heating, and six Mendlers. <laughs> That's uh, what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, it comes with a big discount. Obviously. <laughs> Funny enough, it's been on the market for months. We can't get rid of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, uh, so that was, yeah, so it was a weirdest thing. Like woodlice or something, mentlers
1: in the house. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. Uh, you yeah, probably shouldn't uh, say mentlers, but so that's that always I how we <laughs> referred to them as kids as well, the mentlers. <laughs> really? Which is terrible, isn't it? Terrible. It, yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, uh,
2: uh, but, so your mother was a, uh, a psychiatric nurse. Yeah,
1: but well, this is, is the, right, or she pro- like, it was such a weird setup. So she was a, a regular nurse, but mm. then after my old man lost the pub, um, yeah then she sort of just, I don't even know how she got into it. But I just remember being told, uh, there's people coming to live with us. Uh, and she was from the Eastern Health Board. And then these guys just started arriving. Six of them came in. And, the- and it was the most, and so they were on one half of the house. And we were on the yeah. other half. But there was no dividing wall. Or yeah, right, so they could wander in. Yeah, so it was just, and, and to me then, I suppose it was very young. Mm. And it never really struck me how odd that was. What it, age were you then? I you- um, Maybe 10 or 11. Yeah. Maybe about eleven, maybe. And had you bro- brothers and sisters? I've one sister, yeah, because she's younger. Well, uh, yeah, well, she's younger. Um, and, and but then I, fought, uh, I was adopted as well, yeah. so four other that I only met the last ten years. Or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, it never. Growing up, you were just you and just your sister, me and my mum, my dad, and then and then suddenly these six, and then the six lads. Yeah, and what what kind of mental illnesses? Uh, I think to be honest that uh, they would have been people that back in the day. They, if it was now, they probably had a nervous breakdown, and they could have been treated. But back in the day, they just put you into a mm. a place and left you there. So I think they were kind of just institutionalized people uh, that didn't know how to look after themselves, and never were going to learn to how to look after themselves. And then there was so, like there was one guy, Francis, for instance. He was just convinced that everybody was following him all the time. How this man crossed the road, I've no idea. Like he used to take him half an hour just to get out of the house because he was sure we were all looking at him. And I suppose because he thought that then we. Mm. Did end up looking at him <laughs> you know. So he was like constantly looking, just like doing this dodging around corners all the time. Uh, he drove it's himself like mad and paranoid, like kind of. Yeah, very paranoid. Yeah. And then there was one mm. guy. He definitely he was he had like delusions, you know. Uh, so I remember Jason Bourne coming into the house, and he just never seen that like it. And little Joe, one of them, his name was little Joe, and he went straight up to Jason and says, uh, "Can you see them gorillas there? Can you?" And uh, Jason just went, "They'll be gone now in a minute." That's all he said. To be gone in a minute. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, so it was kind of, but it wasn't like they were all This is amazing, PJ L- Like this, is a,
2: <laughs> it's the best sitcom ever written like, You know no. what I mean? it, it
1: could be amazing I well, know, Jason Burns wanted to write a sitcom on it and everything I was like, well yeah. do whatever you want to do But it's kind of, the thing is, it's actually not very believable <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah Like when you think about it, you look at it, you'd say No, it's not a realistic situation, yeah. you know even though saying it, it's kind of like I'd I wonder if it happened, but I know it did, like because it was there. I mean, it's basically like growing up in in one flew over the cooker's nest. Yeah, 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 very much like that. Yeah, very much like that. So it was kind of it was mad, you know. It was mad to end up in that because as well, I was adopted, like I was saying to you. So of all the situations you find yourself in, it was a pretty unusual one, you know.
2: Would there not be any kind
1: of regulation
2: if you are going to adopt a child that you can't? Bring them into a house with six.
1: Well, I suppose I was eleven <laughs> or whatever, so they weren't around. Uh, yeah, so there's no one checking. Yeah, I was my dad was a publican at the time, right, uh, yeah. and my ma would have been working in the pub mm-hmm. as well. Oh, sorry, when you were adopted, so you were like the, just a baby, like, yeah. yeah. Someone that was adopted. So, which is another mad thing, because I was delivered to the pub because uh, my dad, and my parents were at work. <laughs> so when it was finally, uh, you know, brought to my parents, they dropped me off at the pub which I always think is mad because I know my dad like I know him so he would have definitely says are you coming in for the point like you know to whoever dropped the baby off yeah yeah. <laughs> like, I just I never stopped sort of imagining how that conversation would have gone no I, I can't like I'm delivering kids alright well suit yourself you know right he'd be uh, like that yeah. yeah so I suppose the first time uh, I ever met me folks was, was in their pub in up the in F- Marino yeah and was that their, that was their pub? Like that was a family pub or Yeah, it was like? my dad's pub beforehand. Yeah. So it's Granger's mm. pub on the Malahide Road now. Uh, mm. it used to be Gallagher's obviously, but that's, that's uh, the White House it was called. And, and
2: uh, you're saying your parents were drink- drinkers? Yeah, yeah, were yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, a big history of drinking in the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, my poor old man, like he looked, Jesus Christ, I don't know. He looked about 20 years older than what age he was. Just that typical Dublin man thing, you know? Yeah like I have a picture I was talking about this in the Separated Bird show I did with Joanne McNally I have a picture of me old man and me and I don't like we're on a beach uh, on Dollymount Beach And he's, I'm in my nip, except for a couple of armbands. (laughs) Because you could be in your nip when you were in the 80s. And no one gave a shit when you were a kid. Kids were in the nip. I know. And armbands weren't considered Uh, dangerous in the sea. No. I I know, it's brilliant. I remember queuing up for an ice cream van in the nip. Like, it just was so different. And my dad's standing next to me. And he's got a a comb over and a cigarette and a full suit. Standing on the beach. (laughs) And he's 28 like he's about 28 years old he's a young man and yeah. he looks fucked like he looks yeah. absolutely wrecked he really does like and I look at that now and I think what happened to that man like yeah. what happened to him like he was just knack. I think he just had you know there's a way of doing life and you, you you know you go to work you have a few drinks you have a couple of kids and you wear a suit in the beach and that's <laughs> life and that's what you do. That's what everybody does. And I think he did his best, to be honest, because he's mm. a good lad, but he wasn't really... Like, the, the world kicked the shit out of him, you know? Yeah. He wasn't... A, he was a very soft sort of a fella, really, mm. you know? Uh, I remember once this lying in bed, and he came into my room, mm. <laughs> and he just comes in out of nowhere and just goes, fucking hard, does not it? <laughs> and I was like, what is? He goes, life, like, it's just... And I started laughing, you know, and then you just see him going, ah oh, and he walked out. And I remember thinking, uh, Cry- crying, no, just like, oh, like just anger. Oh, just kind like, of, just, oh, Jesus, you know, yeah. and he walked off. And I just remember thinking there, uh, it really stuck with me. It's just because it reminds you there's a human being in there, you know, you, you forget sometimes there's a human being. You see your folks and they're just two people who won't yeah. let you do all the shit you want to do. And then yeah. uh, and that for one reason, for some reason, that's a really fond memory I have of me old man. It's, he it's amazing. Talk to you. No. Uh, same it like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And the whole suit—it was a thing, I suppose. If you didn't, still, I mean, this was the eighties you're talking about. It was the sixties, happened <laughs> a long time ago <laughs> when when young people did. But anyway, he, he wasn't part of that revolution uh, in it, the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, I'm my father would have been a lot older than your father. But, and he, uh, he, he was a farmer, but he would wear a suit out milking
1: cows as well. It was yeah. a thing that men just wore suits. Just I, know, I remember even road right like, <laughs> workers back then, corporation yeah. workers. There'd be yeah. lads wearing actual gear for work. And there'd be one old lad carrying a bucket. Yeah. in a suit jacket <laughs> Yeah, and a tie and a tie the, in yeah. the whole lot. and he'd be like what like I don't it's weird it when is, you think of it it is weird yeah. but then you know I was looking at the 1916 stuff all this week for mm. you know there's a photographic exhibition in the uh, the uh, meeting house square there and I mm. went to look at it mm. and it must be a kickback from those times because there's lads cleaning up the rubble in 1916 mm. and they're in flat caps and suits like yeah so maybe that was just how you went to work, regardless of what you did, and maybe that's, those lads were a throwback from then. But you see, I don't think there was
2: any fashion as such. You just wore what your parents wore. Yeah. Uh, when if fashion came in in and the 50s or something, but it mightn't have reached Ireland, you know. Uh, yeah, men wore suits. Yeah, men wore men suits. Wore and big Women wore big flowery frocks. And I think your hat
1: just turned.
2: I think women, when they get to a certain age, cut off all their hair. Do you know when women have that just... Don't give a shit anymore. They just have kind of just a
1: short hair. You just and, cut it, and then and, uh, it was like you stuck a banger in it and just yeah. let it go. Yeah, <laughs> <poof. laughs> oh, yeah, and dyed it some ridiculous color like purple or plum or
2: something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you were gra- you you uh, went to school there in uh, where? In went went school in Rohini in Saint Paul's Rohini. Yeah, went to school in
1: Rohini. In yeah, ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's it. Yeah, uh, and I hated it. I yeah. hated it. I never had a good day in school. Not mm. one single good day in any school. Really? Yeah. I hated it. I couldn't wait. Like I was that one kid that as soon as I'm sixteen I'm walking out of here. I was that kid. Yeah. And uh, I pretty much did. And no like so no college that just worked. No, no, no. Yeah. Went to like acting school did many, you? many, many years later. Oh, yeah, um yeah, yeah. but um yeah, yeah. I was sixteen and I remember I had these, this ridiculous fringe this mm. like it was that sort of psycho Billy look was in at the time yeah. you know that. so I had like a, a shaved head and this ridiculous fringe but my hair is curly so mm. it turned into these like dreadlocks that the lads used to call shit sticks oh, really? so I had the shit sticks like down over my eyes and yeah. uh, one of our teachers said to cut it and uh, I cut it just above my eyes and he said no cut them off completely and for some reason that was the last straw, straw. Right. that was it I said Do you know something you can fuck off Mm. And uh, then I couldn't stop myself, and I went round to all my teachers, like you can fuck off, and you can fuck off, and yeah. you can fuck off, and me uh, form master, uh, Skippy, he wasn't in, Skippy. and I waited in his office, uh, and he came in and says, "What are you doing here?" Says, see "You see, you, you can fuck off," and that was it. I never went back. Well, there's a certain determination
2: there. <laughs> <isn't> there? <laughs> yeah, the like really it? definitely was. are in every single bridge oh yeah yeah you're yeah, waiting yeah. around for the bridge to arrive yeah I was doing so the day of McSavage could... on it I yeah, want to make sure
1: McSavage never have me back yeah that's <laughs> yeah. total no it's total but to this day yeah. it was the best thing that I ever did mm. it was the best thing I ever did because then after uh, that happened like it was the usual I went home my master says no you're going back to school and then realises okay you're not going back to school mm. <laughs> Uh, and uh, went in to do this sort of sound and lighting training course thing that was only three months in Temple Bar. And then, uh, so by the end of that year, I met Jason Bourne oh. uh, working in the warehouse. And if I hadn't ha- if that hadn't happened, uh, then I don't know what I'd be doing. I literally don't know what I'd be doing. Yeah. Because Jason Bourne's probably the most influential person that I've met in my life, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue. So it was the best thing that ever happened. I walked in and there was Jason who looked like exactly like Tintin and Fido Dido at the time. Yeah. Uh, working fixing lights and uh, just hit it off with him like straight away. Straight away. So and and like that warehouse I actually remember as being probably the best time in my life th- those four years in that warehouse. Because I've heard of stories that you'd have uh, something like hat day or something. Everything. I, I thought yeah. it was we had to end up doing entertainment because that was my first job. Uh, and it wasn't a real job. Like, we, got, we could do anything we wanted. We never, we weren't cut out for the real world to have them work there ever again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, like, you just go in one day and we'd say, right, it's hat day, so no one's working. We spent the whole day making hats out of the raw materials we were supposed to use to make lights. Yeah. Uh, or then another day, one day we just painted ourselves black. Uh, other days we got Jason Bourne and we crucified him. Built a big truss, uh, a big cross out uh, of like the scaffolds that we hung the lights on yeah. and just h- hung him on it for the day. <laughs> uh, when well, they you get... hung him on it for the day. Yeah, and then other days at random, because uh, mm. I was the young guy, uh, I was mm. only 16, walking around the warehouse. At random, then people would get bored and they just tie me up and throw me in the skip. Uh, they t- tie me to lampposts up and down. Uh, Camden Street. Yeah. And they'd leave you there. Like, I remember the guards coming, what's going on? And uh, then I told them, and the guards thought it was so funny, they just left me there as well. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> just left me there.
2: Because
1: yeah. they could see the other lads laughing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, there was a mm. TV downstairs. I know there was a wall downstairs with a TV spray painted on it and a little couch, and a guy with a Steve Ryan and Owen that used to work there would just drink yeah. <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> It was wasn't ah, a real job. It was brilliant. impossible to get fired no matter what you did. It was impo- I think I, I broke my shoulder and didn't come in for like 4 months. Uh and not, and everybody knew like no one gave a shit. It was unbelievable. It yeah. was like it was weird, but it was fantastic. That's amazing. It was a light and sound r- uh, um, rental place. Just lighting. Yeah, yeah. Light. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and it, it was just such a brilliant thing to be a
2: teenager. Who and was employing you that was so fucking brilliant to not give a shit? Yeah, it was like. called
1: Lighten Dimensions. Uh, uh, yeah. It was run by an English company called Whitelight Yeah, and they sent us a new manager. This is the thing they sent yeah. us because we weren't very productive, so they sent mm-hmm. us a new manager over from Whitelight England, and he was going to come uh, and Straighten change head. the whole thing. Yeah. Richard was his name, and he arrived and starts giving us a couple of orders, and we tied him up, <laughs> put him in a flight case box. <laughs> right, uh, and had him delivered by courier to the Olympia Theatre. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, they opened up in the Olympia and, of course, they wouldn't sign for him, I suppose. <laughs> but the courier got the fright of his life when he realised there was a person, yeah. you know. It's only a 10-minute journey or whatever, but yeah. he untied him and, like, you, you, the courier pulls up outside with our manager sitting beside him in the passenger seat, I'm not impressed, guys, really not impressed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was... Mental When I think that, of it now It was is, absolutely mental That is clever But it was the best thing ever I was 16 mm. years old And uh, You're going You're getting to see James Brown gigs And You're Like working on all these big names Even though you're not there You're in the warehouse Just seeing their name On a piece of paper And mm. And throwing cable in the box That's what I did I was working on cable So I was just like Making loads and loads of cable All day long uh, and it was it was just brilliant. It mm. was just so brilliant. Like I just remember it so fondly. Everybody, mm. I like, got on with everyone so well, and and it was in Long Lane, uh, just opposite where the Mead Hospital is. And like every day, every time I walk up there, I still I just get that bang of nostalgia. Even though the warehouse is long gone now, it's houses mm. and stuff now. It was just great. It was just such a great time.
2: There's definitely something to be said for working a job where where you really can do anything you like. It's uh, yeah, uh, and uh, it's your uh,
1: first bit of. Yeah. Sort of independence as well, you know. I was making money uh, when all my mates were still in school, yeah, uh, and that felt good. Uh, you know, just I just re- yeah, it was. Just, no, I've never I, been in a job. Well, I've been. In, I worked in Max Records in uh,
2: George's Arcade, and had an attitude. All right, so if people asked, can I listen to this? I go, no it's shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> and that's how I ended up in a band because they asked me to be in the band because they liked me attitude. Oh really? They asked me could would I sing in the band, never heard me sing. But um but that but what you did is so unbelievable. That's amazing.
1: Uh, it was great. And was is really that great. how
2: like uh like from there did did Jason start doing stand up? Or yeah. was it when you were working with him?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, Jason was always talking about wanting to do stand up. Always oh. talked about it. Mm. And to be honest, I didn't even know what it was. I really didn't know what it was. Yeah. I knew there was Billy Connolly and Brendan Grace. Yeah. And then a few others my dad listened to. Hmm. Can't even remember their names. But they were real old style, you know, lads with suits and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother-in-law yeah. jokes and all that crack. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. So when Jason said he wanted to do it, I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, that's a mad thing to want to do. Yeah. You know, and uh, then, but straight away, and then we went to do his first gig. I we we oh, did I? Yeah,
2: because he was, from the beginning, he was like... Brilliant. Was from the start. Yeah, there was no warming up period there.
1: Yeah, but I remember him at the start and he didn't know really what to do either as but we, we all you don't know what to do so we what? went to buy him some funny clothes <laughs> I for did his it, first yeah. gig yeah really, yeah. and we went down to the Eager Beaver in Temple Bar yeah. to try and find the funniest clothes we could find but yeah. we just ended up finding really normal old clothes but now that I remember it, yeah. yeah. And he went on and did his thing and it was before a, a band, a local band, the Trains, I think they were called. I think Brent Berry was in that band.
2: Oh, right, yeah, yeah, but,
1: yeah. Uh, and he, but
2: he went on before them. That was his first gig. And that was his oh, first it gig. The comedy?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we, and he just and it was it was unusual because it was Jason and no one knew what to expect. Yeah. Uh but he did it, you know. And he and he and, and it, it happened. And then all of a sudden he was saying, Let's do sketches. Let's just do sketches. Yeah and uh, I was like whatever yeah this yeah. seems like a laugh why not uh, and we started doing these now when I think of them now they were like terrible sketches Jesus they were bad but uh-huh. again it was the start of something and, and then I remember meeting all you guys and going yeah. to the international the first time and I think the first time I was ever in the international it blew my mind yeah. I remember sitting there and watching you. Uh, I think it was Barry Murphy was the first act I ever saw and then the fat man's picnic basket mm. and they were on that's uh, Ian Coppinger and um God, God. Paddy Paddy yes uh, I can't remember second Being in Paddy. and yeah. Paddy uh, and I remember thinking then oh, I'll never be able to do this like, yeah yeah never be able to do this never I was around comedy for a long time before I ever did a gig But, but I was but, just wanted to do you, the sketches
2: you came on with Jay I saw you coming on with Jason and you used to put elastic bands around your head yeah, so that's was, all you did you didn't say anything it was fucking hilarious though it was so funny. What? It was <laughs> fucking really funny because what? you didn't say anything. You looked kind of like gormless or something. You yeah, yeah. You I mean? looked like, like you, an idiot, yeah. Yeah, and then... Did, was it Jason just put the elastic bands
1: on your head? And uh, just uh, well, I can, think. That or did one you was, do it? Jason did used you? to bring me on, and then I do one rubber band, and then oh, I'd did you on. say something? Okay, that was, I remember you not saying that but yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, well, maybe I, I don't. I don't know. It was So long ago. Yeah, maybe. Whatever. But it, and then it would end up with just loads and loads of bands and all it was over on my face. Fucking brilliant! <laughs> it was Amazing. You could, you could never do it now. You can never walk into a club now and get away with that shit. That was what was great about that time. It was so experimental. Do you not think that would work now? I think it would. I don't think so. No? I don't think so. I really don't see where uh. you'd
2: get away with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I miss that kind of shit, mad shit like that. And, like, were you with Jason when he did the stuff with the sheet and the the legs?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. our magic trick, yeah. Yeah. We had loads of was That was a good one, though. Right, yeah. That was a good one. The yeah. magic show I really enjoyed because yeah. it was so deliberately shit. Know, like, everybody but... knew what we were doing and it was <laughs> as if the two of us were mortified by uh, going wrong. I love doing that. That's actually something I'd love to do with him again. Ah uh, yeah, that's that. I can't remember
2: exactly. But he held up a sheet and he had some fake legs with shoes on them. Right? It was
1: two sweeping brushes with a pair of runners on the Oh, end. right, 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 right. So the right. runners didn't even match the runners I was wearing when I walked onto the stage. Right, right. And right. the trousers were a different colour and everything. And then yeah. as soon as I'd sit down, he'd come over with the sweeping brushes and say, and it was like hidden in the sheet. Yeah. But you could see it. Like everyone. And he'd putting it to the well, can I just fucking hold that there? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> to do You know, and then I've never met you before in my life, have I? And I would do my weird shake. And then you do the hobbit, hobbit, hover, hobbit, hobbit, hover, 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 making that noise and wiggling his fingers. That's the magic noise. <laughs> yeah, the magic noise. And then the the yeah. sweep I'd lift the sweeping brushes up in the air uh and it looked like I was levitating, except it kinda didn't not because you could see my actual legs.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that's it, that's, <laughs> it, that's it, that's it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the legs were stick the sweeping brushes were sticking out the end of the sheet. And then he'd start shouting uh, at me, and I yeah, can it. see
2: your legs. I can <laughs> see your legs. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, fucking brilliant. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the kind of shit there where you laugh, you're just, can't stop laughing. Yeah, I
1: really I mean, enjoyed you, it. it. I just, really enjoyed it. It was reminding me of your river dance when I first saw you do river dance with the sheep mask on the back of your head and right, the tights yeah. and everything. I right. remember oh, seeing Oh, that it. was the original with the masks, yeah. The and original remember, river dance. <laughs> Before uh, Flatly did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember seeing that in the uh, attic, upstairs in the White Horse. Uh, Yeah. Oh, the the attic, yeah, It was a comedy venue that was held up by two planks at the back. And uh, I remember seeing that and thinking it was the most amazing thing I had ever seen. Oh, really, yeah? And I remember because it went on for so long and you were visibly knackered.
2: Yeah, because I didn't realise when I cut the music together how long, like, it it could have been four minutes, which is a long time. (laughs)
1: Really long. And you can see how tired you were at the end of it. The sweat rolling down your face. And you can see that you were like, you know, just, you were really just hammering it out until the end. It was brilliant. It was absolutely deadly. In fact, that was probably the funniest part of it was that you were just like looking tired. at you going, I'm going to get to the end if it kills me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, fucking hell.
1: That, that was mad
2: shit. You've heard about the time when I, the music didn't come on. That was the worst fucking time.
1: With the music didn't come no,
2: on. No, because I used to come up. I think I was in Brussels doing a gig and um, I was emceeing. But the gig hadn't gone well for a few acts, so I thought I'll finish it off at Riverdance because the audience didn't seem to enjoy the whole show. Right. Uh, so what I go up and I take my shirt off and I'd have a little tiny T-shirt like a, it was like a six-year-old's T-shirt on, and drop my pants and I'd have tights on and put on flippers. And goggles, and then the music's meant to start, but the music, the guy's going, "Uh, the CD isn't working. So basically, Jesus, I just have to walk off stage. They think that's what my act was. Was you just standing there? Me, there there in tights and flippers.
1: That's That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Oh Jesus, (laughs) anyway. I love when stuff like that goes wrong. Now, Declan Rooney has probably the best one uh, yeah, where he walked yeah. on stage. St. Patrick's Day years ago. Max yeah. used to do these St. Patrick's Day things and he walked on stage with a bucket on his head. Yeah. I don't know what the act was supposed to be, but he did, and of course, Declan yeah, would be like, course. no, no, it's don't bother. Yeah. Why would you, why would you rehearse it? So yeah, like, have yeah, yeah. killed the creativity of it. Yeah. And yeah. he walked on stage with a bucket on his head and then he realised at the start, it's a long way to the mic and he couldn't find the microphone with the bucket on his head. <laughs> So then he had to lift the bucket up to sort of look where he was going. And then he gets to the mic and he drops the bucket back down. And then he realises <laughs> no one can hear him because <laughs> yeah, there's a bucket yeah, yeah, blocking yeah, the microphone. <laughs> so then he picks up the microphone and sticks it between his face and the bucket and it goes... <laughs> and then he realises there's nothing he can do. So the bucket gang has to go. <laughs> so now he's standing there with no plan holding the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love that. Like he's amazing. Ah, oh, he mean? was brilliant. There, yeah, he was absolutely amazing. I remember saying to him, "Would you not get gigs anywhere else?" He was like, "No, make them come to you. That's <laughs> what you need to do." Because he would only play the Haven when you bridge. Right, right, right. Is right. there? Make them come to
2: you. Because yeah. he had, uh, you know, what he spent ages rehearsing all Michael Jackson's dances. Made? Yes. And then he got a, a mask specially made. Like he spent three grand or something on this. It. Fit, molded to fit his face. Did he? Oh yeah, yeah. He, he had that for a while, and he rehearsed all the moves because he wanted. He thought, "I'll go on the road doing Michael Jackson, basically yeah. a tribute act, but with his face, with his actual head." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he got um, apparently he got uh, someone from MCD or someone like that like to come and see this act. Like he'd been rehearsing in a in a, a gym or whatever for ages and uh, he, a rehearsal room and he got your man down but he'd never done the whole routine with the mask on and uh, when he started sweating he couldn't see anything oh, again it's the bucket thing again in a way but yeah. he danced into a wall <laughs> 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 he fucking smacked himself off a wall and collapsed in
1: and yeah so it didn't happen anyway oh, he had that mask for years Oh, I love that. I love that. I love gigs that go wrong. No one mm. gives a shit about your good gigs, really. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, something yeah. brilliant about having an epic debt. Like I've, I've had loads of epic debts and they're the only stories I care to tell. About yeah, them, really. Yeah. Like I did a gig in uh, Ernst and, for Ernst and Young. You know the the accountants or whatever. Oh, they? Yeah, yeah, a pair of them. Whatever they are. Anyway, yeah. I was in Dunboyne Castle. It was a huge big fancy affair like proper big fancy job and Mm. I remember walking in and thinking oh I'm I'm in trouble I'm dead now I'm not going to be able to pull this off. The minute you saw the The room. The minute I saw the room. Like huge big circular tables big floral things in each of them and I was like I'm I'm in an awful state. Mm. And then the boss gets up and he starts cracking Jokes. Corporate jokes. Yeah, yeah, I hope you're paying for this, you know. And they started yeah. laughing. I thought, Jesus, do you know, something. There's a chance this actually might go well. Right, right, right. I think actually this will work. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, he brought me on ridiculous optimism. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> Jesus. And then he brought me on, and uh, I think the first thing I did was a joke about. The managing director had been bald. It was the stupidest thing I could. Have. It was literally, right. the su- right. it was suicide. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I, think I saw I, something about being a glue sniffer. Then, uh, and then it went. It was so quiet, and I mean, it was so quiet that if anybody laughed, it erected, it. You know that sort of yeah. thing. And at one point, someone dropped a fork, and like the front table ducked. That's how tense the room was. And I could hear an argument at the side of the stage. And I used to do stuff with music with me mate Pat. Yeah. And it's a woman who was talking to Pat going, give him the signal. Whatever signal you people use to say this isn't working. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. there's no signal. like You know what I mean? And yeah. he walked onto the stage when I was on it uh, and just, you have to go. And the mic's live, so they're listening. Like He's going, you have to go. They, they want you to go. And uh, I was like, oh, Jesus. Right? Really? And then Pat just goes, we'll give them a song first. And we played a really... Sh- Stupid parody song that we used to love doing called "The Eye of the Penis," which is oh, yeah. like "The Eye the of the Tiger." Yeah,
2: the penis. Uh, yeah.
1: And as soon as we finished, they charged at us. They jumped out of their seats and ran after us. That is unbelievable. Ran, chased us into the car park. Yeah, uh, but it was brilliant. Just something amazing. Yeah, said something so. No, satisfying. That is
2: amazing. But to get you, ch- what were they going to do? Were they actually going to? No, you they
1: up? just wanted to roar at us. Yeah, yeah. They roared yeah. at us in the car, and they roared at us going out. They just wanted to let us know we ruined ah, the night. Yeah they, yeah, they roared at us. <laughs> Jesus, Christ. they ruined the night.
2: Oh, it's terrible. The things you do, you say that when you do the wrong thing because you're a bit nervous. So you go, ah, this will work. So you slack off the managing director. Do oh, you know what I mean? Jesus, and you yeah. Know, I, like, I did a thing for Pat Kenny, his golf classic for charity or something. And uh, it was a bit dodgy before I went on because I I asked Sam, could I do a sound check? And he went, no. And I went, well, I'm, you know, I'm going on, like I'm just doing a bit of comedy you know, and I'm using the guitar. And he's going, no, you can't. No, this is Dickie Rock's sound system he doesn't let anyone else use it <laughs> <laughs> I'm like well I can't do the gig then I went he goes well I'm care. not my problem bud not my problem so uh, I just fine pack and go, he oh, I goes I can't do the gig because it's Dickie Rock
1: <laughs> Dickie Rock won't let me use his microphone <laughs> yeah So
2: he's going hang on so he calls whoever it is not Dickie Rock but Dickie Rock's right hand man and uh, it's cleared then he tells me uh if things advice that uh, gay Byrne gave me I and mean, this isn't pat kenny's voice but anyway he said if it's if it's not going great just wrap it up you know just don't keep doing what you're meant to do and I oh yeah, yeah okay <laughs> and um so it's not going that great cuz they're all old geezers from you know yeah. old showbiz Dickie rock type yeah, friends yeah, and, you know yeah it's not the audience like, that this, like, it's not sly fox you know and um But Pat Kenny stands up because obviously that is his signal to wrap it up and he's going to come on and do his thank you. But I just heard a slagging Pat Kenny. Just (laughs) ripped into Pat Kenny and thinking, ah, they love this. Oh my God! It was the stupidest decision ever.
1: And they just hate. Yeah, it's just, it died on your hole Yeah, and then you're dying, and you're making fun of the guy in the room. And they the actually guy. want to hear talking.
2: Yeah, and the guy who who hosts the late late show. So my chances of getting the late late show are fucking. I had done, I think, one or two before that, but I never did one again after oh, that. Jesus
1: Christ! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's just. just and you can bad. see and feel these things unraveling as yeah. you go. I mean, I remember doing a gig, and it was all I had to do was just do my gig. and and die that's all I had to do it was literally that simple I was dying on my arse it was a corporate gig all I had to do was have the decency to stand there and die for half an hour and go home and no one would have given a shit no one would have cared and the guy stands in front of me and again just ignore him but I asked him of course where are you from Russia (laughs) and then I did the stupidest joke I could have done if you don't sit down I'll kick you in the Bolsheviks and he got me in a headlock and threw me over his dinner table (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, got me a headlock and threw me That's over the. Nice. It's
2: not. Nice. It's
1: a funny joke. Yeah. It's definitely not worth a headlock. No, but then he, I think he kind of thought he was messing though. It was oh, like, he was, yeah, he was friendly yeah. wrestling me. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Threw me over and said Nobody even noticed. I was just dying. Like, I had to do, I just stood up and walked out the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Yeah, but you, you, you're in fight
2: or flight mode. You're in like, you're... Full of adrenaline. Yes. You're going to make bad decisions. I know, yeah. You know, and I struggled make...
1: with it for so long. I yeah, always, yeah. and then you, I don't know, I used to have the worst anxiety for, st- like the stage fright, yeah, no, yeah. the shit I used to put myself through. I used to yeah. sit there and yeah. shake, and a couple of times I got sick, and I got worse, the longer I did stand up, the worse and worse I got, which was really ridiculous, like, when you think about it. And then I stopped doing stand-up altogether together for a couple of years, actually. Yeah. just so start. like, would it start during the day before a gig? Would it? Yeah. Like, yeah? That morning that morning yeah I'd wake up and I'd remember what I had to do that day and then that was it I was off so your whole day was ruined whole day well, not ruined but slightly just there in the background in the background and I'd be no good for conversation no good talking to anyone yeah. uh, became very selfish and sort of self-absorbed like you know I wouldn't even hear what other people are saying to me yeah because I'm always just thinking what am I going to do what am I going to do when I get here what if it's shit what happens if this doesn't work what mm. happens you know mm. and now I know you got home Nothing happens. It don't, like it's actually doesn't even matter. you know. Because yeah. 90% of the time you're hitting it exactly the way you want to do it. But yeah. I don't know why I couldn't just get that into my head. I just couldn't get it into my head. I couldn't. And, and I, I genuinely, if I did a gig I didn't like, I would beat myself up over it for so long. Oh I mean, I would really torture myself over it. Torture myself over uh, it. Uh, like I convinced, convinced myself I was worthless. Yeah. I should not have done it and that you're not good at anything. It's the only thing you're supposed to do. Only thing you can do when you're now and you're fucking that up as well. I would go into this like despair after a yeah. bad gig, real despair, like horrible. Yeah. So then the idea of going to a gig and putting myself in that headspace again mm. was terrifying. It was terrifying.
2: And, and uh, that was uh, all through, like when you were, you know, straight after say uh, Nick Camera, you were huge, right, and you were. Doing massive venues, correct?
1: Yeah, it went almost almost immediately. Yeah, and, and because that, that's when people actually watched television. So, like a bad show now or a bad show then would still be what considered a ratings hit now because there was no TV on demand. There was no Netflix, you know. So people actually sat in um, and watched the telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when yeah. you got on TV then, you had a genuine chance of doing bigger tours oh, yeah, and stuff yeah, where yeah, it's much yeah. harder for people now you know yeah I guess you're right much harder
2: Netflix and all that kind of stuff so but you were catapulted then so say you were uh, before Naked Camera what kind of stuff what were you doing were you, were you doing stand, you were doing stand yeah, up right yeah, of course you were really 10 years yeah. you were for ages yeah. yeah and and even then you were nervous about doing that
1: right yeah nervous about like doing that doing, but not you, as bad yeah but yeah, nervous yeah. yeah and then I suppose there was no expectation uh, I didn't feel but like the, I had to get it right did it Increase then with bigger venue. Yeah, 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 much worse. All of a sudden, there was something to lose. There was nothing to lose before. Yeah, I was still being a motorbike courier between it when I had to, or getting factory jobs when I had to. Yeah, doing me bits and pieces between stand up, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, uh, it felt like it it was real. It became Mm -hmm. a real job, and then there was people to be disappointing. You know, for the first time ever, your name was on the door, and people were depending on you to make. Their weekend worthwhile or their mm. night worthwhile, and uh, the pressure of it was. And uh, when just... you were actually on stage
2: performing, did you feel it, or was that yeah. okay? No, always. Even yeah. on yeah, stage, yeah, yeah.
1: I'd rattle through my set as fast as possible, just to get to the end of it, just to get to the end, yeah. and then I'd uh, walk off. And immediately, if it went well, you'd walk off. There was a that great feeling you get, you know. Yeah, but it was. I was much a feeling as got away with it as it was. That was great crack. It mm. was as much of that. It was like. After you need a big piss and then suddenly you've just got to let it out. It was that as well. Mm. But it was, like, I don't know why I let myself get into such a ball of shit with the whole thing. Because it was, it should have been, and it was a really enjoyable time. Mm. It really was, like, you know, I suppose, I don't know, you probably feel like you don't deserve it. You probably feel like you're going to get found out, you know. You feel like someone's going to say... Uh, oh, no, no, we know what you're up to now. Uh, and then that's it, the game is up. Right, yeah. And you're trying yeah. to make the most out of a situation. because yeah. you know, it's because I'm very, very lucky. And it, I suppose it just felt more like luck than Antonels. It didn't really feel like anything, only look. But, but, but like. So like, how, did the, how did Naked Camera come about? Because I know that Naked
2: Camera, the idea was knocking around for a while and a few people were involved in that and they left, it didn't work. Blah, blah, blah. I know Patrick MacDonald then became involved. Yeah, but
1: uh, Liam McGrath, uh, I call Liam McGrath. Uh, he's yeah. a documentary maker and he was yeah. doing primetime stuff and he was doing stuff on gangland, Dublin gangland, and he right. bought all this covert filming gear and mm. uh, a Dublin gangster pulled a gun on him and he just yeah. had a new kid and all he was like oh, look I'm not doing this shit mm, uh, so he started going to comedy clubs he had this idea that he'd make like a new Mike Murphy's live mic type kid and camera comedy mm. show and at that time there hadn't been one in a long time uh, and he asked loads of people like that he asked loads of people but they all backed out for different reasons mm. uh, I think some of the lads got shows in the West End and then oh, yeah. Yeah. Dave McSavage was involved and he just lost his patience with it uh, and Patrick stayed on and then I think Patrick recommended me mm. but I was literally the last person they called like they didn't there was no enthusiasm for me yeah and uh, I turned it down I said no I'm going I had enough of stand up I turned it down I went off on a bike trip and came back and says I don't suppose you're still looking for someone and they said yeah 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 come out and we'll do a day and then my first day was the first sketch to show and just, what, what know, was it it was we met in Fibsborough With no idea Of what to do Mm. I says uh, Give us a If we can get A photocopied bag of cash And I'll go in And try and buy things with it That was the only idea That we had Uh, And lucky I have a bit Of a knacker's head Uh, So we thought We'd pull it off You know
2: Yeah
1: Uh, So I had this like Sort of the old jumper You used to see the lads Wearing years ago You know, The the, the old The hard shots and because I was so nervous, I was shaking. So I looked apart. Uh, and then uh, the first thing we did was walk into a real estate agent's across the road and try and buy a house for our cash. And, and, that's uh, the first. and that was the first and it one. it worked straight off. And it worked straight away. <laughs> Just got really lucky. Just got really lucky. The whole thing was luck, really. You and, know? And, and did you enjoy doing that? Or was that nervous? As well? <laughs> Were you nervous
2: about that as well? But Very
1: nervous, but I loved it. Yeah? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it every day. I yeah. loved doing it even though I was shitting myself but I don't mind shitting myself a lot of the time uh, I, I sort of draw myself well, I tend to you, go towards you, you
2: fucking do motorbike racing so you must yeah, l- stop be a racing bit a, a now but
1: yeah I do love it like dunking. I don't mind giving myself rights you know you feel alive when you let the devil bite your arse you know yeah, you yeah. do like uh, and then so I was terrified but I I loved it I would have done it forever you know Yeah. but then like anything else the energy runs out of it you know and then we did it for too long like we went and we did the show making Jake over in the States and it was, a, it was just a bad TV show because uh, we took out the the main character the main character in Naked Camera was Dublin it was Dublin City
2: mm, I suppose yeah and
1: you get rid of the main character then yeah it's just a crappy spin off and that's all it was was a crappy spin off and and how we, did
2: it work then with the sketch show what was that sketch show you did well it was all you it wasn't it was characters it was oh, all Meet char- the Neighbours Meet the Neighbours yeah yeah. and I love I did kind of an audition for that was it? Oh yeah, yeah, that's oh, right. I yeah. did a couple of characters for it, but um,
1: that was really good. Colin O'Brien was really into this? I that don't one? know. That's in Wikipedia. Well, I don't yeah. know if that's true. Yeah, uh, really, yeah. I don't know if that's true. I think someone just Who wrote put it. Have no <laughs> clue. It wasn't me, anyway. <laughs> right? Okay, okay. But okay. I don't know where that came from. Uh, I really okay. don't know. Well, where it, that came it, from. it sounds good. I've never seen it anywhere with that Wikipedia. Oh, page. really? And I've googled it, and there's no trace of it. So <laughs> right, I don't think okay, it's a real okay, quote. I don't think it's a real quote. But, I, yeah, that's to be honest, I think that's that's the thing I enjoyed the most. That mm-hmm. When we did Meet the Neighbours, I think it's the best thing I ever worked on. Mm. Uh, but nobody watched it, unfortunately. Really? Because oh. uh, it was my fault. I dug my heels in uh, and I made I made a stupid mistake. We were... I wanted to get something on RT1. I don't know why I had it in my head. i just have more viewers and yeah. it'd be a, sort of a step up in the world. I don't know why I had this in my head. It was just yeah. a bad call. And I remember... Having it out with RTE kind of and saying, no no, I really wanted to be on RT one, I really wanted to be uh, I suppose I was looking at the likes of killing a scully and, the and right, seeing the yeah. audience figures and how big a show it was and yeah. that's where you want to be. And then but it's it was definitely more conservative, RT one. Definitely more conservative, uh, and it was two thousand and seven. So the world was falling down. Uh, or two thousand and eight. The world was falling down. Like mm. and we were on right after prime time. Oh, not a good uh, yeah. It wouldn't be the right slot, would yeah, it? Yeah, and they told me this. Everybody yeah. told me this. This is not the right thing for this show. Yeah, but I yeah. argued and fought, and it was yeah. a stupid, stupid move on my part. It was a stupid bizarre move. Yeah. It's
2: bizarre that uh, it is so affect. Uh, it does affect it what channel
1: and what. T- well, of course. But maybe course that. It maybe does. Does, people just didn't like it as well. There's also the fact that people like that the viewership no. did go down every week. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe people saw it and it just didn't capture the imagination in the same way too. All, all I know is it's the favorite, my favorite thing that I've done. But I don't know. Maybe just not a, Maybe it's actually not a good show. It's got good. It got great reviews. I really liked it. And yeah, I it like got, character stuff as well. Like yeah, that, same you know. here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it got good reviews. And,
2: yeah. Uh, what was I going to say there? Uh, but now, would that change now? Would 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 it be more people watching it on the player? Would would it make a difference now, as
1: much? whether it's on a different channel because people can just go and play. Yeah, on the I don't think I, so. I actually yeah. feel sorry for young stand-ups now because uh, mm. the traditional routes are sort of shot to shit. They're gone. Like, mm. I th- if you went on to RT now either channel, I don't think it matters because no one's sitting in watching terrestrial telly. People are recording... Unless it's
2: something like a live event,
1: like a football match or the centenary celebration. Yeah, or something really captures the imagination. Like it's Mrs. Brown or it's love-hate and people are stuck in and watching. But generally terrestrial mm. tell you is just, like it's less than half of what it used to be. Is it? Yeah, Jesus. So, and then you're you're so much more competition now as well and you just think,
2: I don't know. And yet at the same time time you would say like American TV is taken over from film. I mean yeah, people yeah. are obsessed with Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul or
1: Yeah, but I think uh, that's where it's where it's at though. I think that yeah. the days of regular terrestrial TV is dead. You have to be blockbuster stuff. It has yeah. to be House of Cards or Orange is the New Black or Yeah. A Netflix's own home thing. Better Call Saul or it, it but the days of people sitting in and seeing lads hanging around the panel show for example. Uh no, that won't happen No. It it's just not it's never going to have the audience it used to have. Yeah. It just never will. It'll yeah. still have an audience, but the size of that, mm. like something like the panel, is never going to happen again, you know. I don't think yeah, it is, Even anyway. the panel shows. I don't well, think well, so. Or 10 cats is huge, isn't
2: it? No, that kind of malarkey. I don't know. Yeah,
1: but I bet you, I bet, I'd be yeah. willing to put money on it that even in England, the same is happening. That people yeah. just are watching it in the same numbers they used to.
2: Right, yeah, yeah. It's funny, I was talking to somebody who, uh, I think they worked in a... Shop that sold DVDs, and he said, People who buy DVDs are all mental now. (laughs) They're people who don't go online,
1: you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're just all mental. Who doesn't go online? It's like even perverts are online. (laughs) Who doesn't go online? You have to be really weird to not be online. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's bizarre.
2: Um, But. so, uh, like uh, now, now you're doing radio, and how, how's that? How's that working? Yeah, it's yeah. it's again. It's you know what was great about it. It's like can I, sorry. Before we go on, how did you get over the whole um, nervous thing? Oh,
1: like we did I a documentary. Know did, I know you did a documentary, but how? What, what? And what happened was basically I didn't work for two years, so I had to go mm. back to stand up. That was just the end of it because there's no right. money. Yeah, right, <laughs> so right, right. I had right, to go right. back to stand up. Mm. Uh, uh, so. I wrote a show and then I remember being approached by Al who I was writing the show with and he's saying would you do a documentary on getting back in and trying to get over your nerves Mm. and straight away I was like yeah if you want to do it we'll do it but let's be realistic here Mm. I'm never going to get over this so it's probably not going to have an ending and all of this Mm. sort of happened and then I got totally really bad anxiety about what way the show was going to look the TV show and oh I just got tied in knots over it Mm. but it started this process, this genuine process where I had to ask myself every day, why are you freaking out all the time? Mm. Why are you losing your mind every time you go to work? (laughs) What's Mm. wrong with you? Mm. Uh, And then just, and I think that was the main thing. So I went to do like this NLP stuff, which was grand. And I met this other Was that NLP? This neuro linguistic programming stuff. Right, right, right. And I don't know if that worked or not. I don't know. I don't think any one thing that we did worked. We tried all this different stuff and we met this other uh, professor of stage fright guy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember his name. He's a Dutch guy. He's a really nice guy, really good crack. And I did some exercises with him where it's like you pretend there's a tape recorder in your head and you record yourself saying positive things to you and Mm. uh, trying to raise the negative sort of things you say to yourself. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but I do remember that I was at a gig and I was asking myself different questions. So I stopped going, what if this is shit? And started saying, what if this is the best one I ever do?" Yeah? Yeah. What if this is tonight is the best gig I've ever done? Or what? Right. How are you going to feel now if this is brilliant? So, so I my mean, internal dialogue started to change. internal dialogue. Wow. It started to change. That's amazing. And the fear I then was gone. I I have that... Shite
2: internal dialogue of self criticism.
1: Yeah, and I remember and I was talking to Dave McSavage, and he said to me, and it was a good point. Is like if anybody else in the world spoke to you that way, you'd just hand the fuck off. Yeah, you'd walk away. Yeah. But you'll do it to yourself all day long. Yeah, all day you'll do it to yourself.
2: I mean, it's
1: it's crazy. It I is mean, crazy. If
2: yeah, if either I got turned down or or I was up for something and I didn't get it straight away, I'm going, you're not good enough. Look. Yeah, yeah. You're always getting turned down. You're like, yeah, the same and thing. And yeah. and it's part of this job is uh, getting turned down,
1: rejection, <laughs> rejection and getting torn down, good. and doing stuff you believed in and realizing it's not good. And yeah, yeah. that's part of the gig. In fact, yeah. that's most of the gig. Yeah, yeah, that's most, most. of
2: the gig. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because even when you're writing new material, uh, pro- well, in my experience, at least half, probably over half of the stuff that you write won't work. Yeah. And, and, and then,
1: even the stuff that does work doesn't work at the start. Yeah, so you have you've to. Got to re- you a have to bit
2: with new stuff. Mm. So, it was just basically you uh, changing your whatever you were saying My to yourself. My internal
1: dialogue, yeah. I and started was, talking like, to myself differently, yeah. That's amazing. And I'm did it work yeah. immediately or? Almost it? immediately. Really? Yeah, almost immediately. After amazing. years. <laughs> yeah. That's well, incredible. Almost immediately.
2: That's brilliant! Oh
1: god, I think I'm gonna get sick. Oh, oh, it's uh, hungover.
2: Yeah, sorry, we'll f- we'll wrap it up now. Okay, but gra- do you want to get sick? <laughs> I think I have to. Are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. Oh shit! Okay. Well, no,
1: on no, I'll come back into you will I is there a toilet
2: there is one downstairs no uh, I think we'll wrap it up because we've only got three minutes left okay. so uh, just go and get sick um, and on that bombshell I know but uh, seriously thanks for coming in I didn't realise were that fucking sick
1: I need to lie until like this last minute
2: yeah okay um, th- sorry no that's okay don't be sorry <laughs> uh, thanks for coming in thanks for having me thank you I wish I could go down and record you getting sick I'm like gonna have to go reading fast. Where's the balls here? Oh yeah, sorry, I'll show you. Uh Well, yeah, I've just uh PJ's just gone off to get sick. Thanks. Well that was an unusual end to a podcast, an interview But uh, PJ had been out the night before being patriotic Celebrating the 1916 centenary So uh, only right that he uh, did that for Ireland It was for Ireland he did it But he wouldn't have felt half as bad if he had been drinking a nice craft beer Like Jack Cody's, which I'm drinking now I'm drinking Jack Cody's Smiggy Which is now my favourite lager, or ale I should say It's uh, amber ale from Drogheda, rich biscuit, malt-based, topped with floral American hops. An excellent accompaniment with food. It's Ah, delicious. And Jack Cody will be providing free drinks to the first 30 people who arrive at the uh, live podcast next 27th of April, uh, downstairs in the Stag's Head. We all already have um, Kevin Gildee confirmed, uh, a couple of guys from the uh, Improv, the Dublin Comedy Improv, and a surprise guest, which I cannot reveal at the moment because he or she will be performing their own show. And we don't want to... uh, interfere with ticket sales do we because it's donation into the podcast and you get a free beer for the first 30 people so come along if you like the podcast if it's your first time listening go back and have a listen to there's about 40 over 40 other interviews with people like Ardla Handel and Frank Kelly, Brezzy, Catherine Lynch um all sorts of people. Culture Reardon from the Pogues, Monday. Yeah, just great uh, a great backlog there. And uh, you, back catalogue, I should say. And if you are the first time here on the podcast, please give us a review as well on iTunes and a star rating. Thank you to Castaway Media for hosting the podcast. Thank you to Andrew Mangan for producing, for Daniel Rooney for the music. And thank you, PJ Gallagher, for being a guest. And thank you for tuning in. And thank Jack Cody for providing the beer. I'll see you next week. And I'll be talking to... I can't remember who I'm talking to. Oh, um, um, yeah, someone very interesting. I'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> This was a Castaway Media production. Find more great podcasts on our network. Visit castaway.media. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you
0: until I found Real Relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com.
2: Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Exonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.